unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today, man? Nathan, I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I've been waiting on pins and needles for the last seven days for the continuation of last week's episode. And before we jump into it, I just want to say this is probably for for the copywriters out there that are not just copywriters. They're business owners that write their own copy, which I know we have a lot. I get a lot of feedback from people that are in that uh, position. They're not just copywriters for other people's products. They're copywriters for their own products. I think this is one of the biggest lessons and one of the most important things you can actually learn from copy is how copy impacts or should impact the way that you develop your products. And last week we got into it and then you sent me the notes for this week's episode. And man, this is going to be a good one. Yeah, thanks. I agree. I I look at it as copywriting thinking. If you can put on your copywriter hat um, when you're starting and when you're at the starting gate to create a new product, it's just going to make a world of difference, not only in terms of sales and profits, not only in terms of money, but in terms of building up your fan base. You know, people are going to love your product and when they love your product, they love you too. So uh, anyway, let's jump in. Last week, we talked about the big four questions you need to answer when you're designing a new product you'd like to sell a lot of. And you can also use these questions to fix a product that's not selling very well. And like I said last week, I really got a lot out of interviewing my friend and former mentoring client, Chris Sadad, over the last two shows. And one thing he said just kept resonating inside my skull. It was not tinnitus. It was that he creates products exactly or almost exactly the way he creates sales letters and VSLs. And I'd been doing that myself for so long. I'd forgotten most people don't know about this trick or if they know about it, they don't do it. And then a couple weeks ago, I did a consult for a client who wanted help planning a new product. I realized this would be the perfect opportunity to reverse engineer what I did in the consult and share it with everyone who listens to this podcast. And again, this is information I've been using for years, but frankly, it's never occurred to me to share it before until now. This week, we're going to drill down with seven detailed questions that really help you hone your product's appeal, especially after you've handled the big four questions that cover the big picture that we talked about last week. We're continuing from where we left off last week. And I don't normally do this, but I'm going to do this today. If you haven't watched or listened to last week's show, Copywriter Fueled Product Creation Part 1, it might be worthwhile to listen to it first before you listen to this one. But you can listen to them in any order you want. I'm just making a suggestion. Now, I do a lot of copy consults for people, and usually they're on sales copy after they've got the product done and just before they're about to launch. And I've been able to help people avoid problems and also crank up higher sales with these consultations. But I would be able to help them 
a lot more if they brought me in at a time that they were first conceptualizing the product. And most people don't do that, but you know, one client did last week. And in light of what Chris Haddad told us in one of his interviews, I took a lot of notes of my questions. I'm keeping my client's particular answers confidential as I always do. And by the way, I forgot to put this in my notes, but copy is powerful and you're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast. And that's all I'm going to say about it. You know the rest. Okay. So as we get into the seven nitty gritty questions this week, I'll fill in the answers for one of my products. And we'll hear what Nathan has to say is a lot of experience with this and thoughts about it as well. These questions really force you to focus on what's important to the prospect, what's going to grab their attention right away. Right away is very important. And what's going to hold their attention just as important. So use these questions correctly and they'll end up thinking, wow, this product was built just for me. And that's what you want. So here are the four questions from last week. One, who's the prospect? Two, what's the biggest problem that this product will be able to solve? Three, let's say the product did get solved. What difference does it make it in their life? And four, what's in the way of solving the problem for the prospect? You want to think this stuff through. You get the best answers you can. Hurrying through these is not really a lot better than not asking the questions at all. You want to use this as an exercise to transform your thinking about the product. And you'll be looking at it a lot differently after you've wrestled with these big four questions and come up with answers and pinned the answers to the mat. Now, it's time to drill down on the seven detailed questions. Number one, if you could only tell your prospect one thing, and that would get them to buy the product, and I mean just one thing, what would that one thing be? Now, I would take this question very seriously because it does a lot of things for you besides the obvious thing of giving you an answer. It actually helps you prioritize your benefits and maybe even prioritize the way you build the product. You should take this one seriously. Put yourself in the place where you get out of your own head and into your prospect's head and heart by focusing and concentrating to get that one thing that by itself would sell your product to your prospect, you may come up with something you hadn't planned originally in your product. Now that you've decided what this thing is, you'll do what it takes to make sure you can really say this about your product. By that, I mean, you may have to build in some new performances or features into your product. And I'm going to give you an example of an answer to each of these questions for a product that I actually created 17 years ago and has led to six or seven figures of sales for me. But not this product, but what followed from it. But the product was originally called Killer Headlines, and now it's become a book called Advertising Headlines That Make You Rich. And for the original product, what would be the one thing you could tell people about it people in the market, people who write copy, who write headlines that would make them buy it. And the example would be, now you'll be able to write headlines that work quickly and easily. That might be enough, maybe not for everybody, but for somebody. So boy, you know, 
you see how this works when you make that claim. Now you need to give them away three things, headlines that work, you'd be able to write them quickly and you'd be able to write them easily, but it's just a short sentence. And, you know, it, it took a lot of thinking to boil it down to that. Nathan, your thoughts? I've run into this a lot with my clients and I'm going to ask if you run into this as well, where I'm writing a piece of copy and I'm like, man, if I could just say this one thing, this sales letter would be so much more compelling. And I go to them and I say, can I say this? And they go, well, we, it doesn't actually do that. Or we don't actually have something that would make that an honest statement. And then I'm like, why not? change your product, add something so I can say this one thing and we'll be able to sell a lot more. But not being a copywriter, a lot of times they don't realize, oh, that just that one statement. So for me, that comes up with almost every client. There's always, not always, but almost always, there's a point where I'm writing and I'm like, man, I wish I could say this. And I go to them and I'm like, how difficult would it be to add something so that I can say or to, to alter something so I can say this one thing. And then the whole page falls together and the product becomes that much more appealing. As you've been doing this a lot longer than me, how many times have you run into a situation similar to that? And then what's your ratio of clients being willing to make those adjustments? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'd say there's three types of clients. I've had some clients who our dream clients, they have created products that have everything. They're a small minority, everything I need to sell them. I would say of the rest of the clients, it's about 50-50. Some of them will say, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm going to do that. And some of them will say, no, no, you don't understand, David. That That's not really going to work. And so we don't. And we've had some good sales, but I, I'm convinced that if we had you know, added that one feature, which would have been ethical and possible to do, they would have sold a lot more. I bet it's something that copywriters run into pretty frequently. If I ran into it and you've ran into it, I bet you probably every copywriter listening to this is like, yep, I know exactly what they're talking about. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it's a common problem. I mean, as copywriters, we generally think different than content creators or experts or coaches or teachers. Yeah. So it's a common problem. All right. So let's, let's go to the second drill down question. And you want to do these one at a time and you want to finish the first one before you get to this one. If you could only tell your prospect two things and those two things by themselves would get them to buy the product, what would those two things be? Again, this is not a time to relax. You want to push yourself harder now that you have the opportunity to say a second thing that's definitely going to seal the deal. Tell yourself, this has got to work. Your customer will thank you later when they find the same thing that you came up with for the answer here in the product they buy. So for killer headlines, um, here are the two things. You'll be able to write headlines that work quickly and easily, and you can double your sales from any ad without spending a penny more. It seems like this is going to be hard work. It seems like, uh, at least mentally, exercise-wise, it seems like um, I want to create this product and maybe coming up with the first promise is easy, but then coming up with a second promise, I, 
I bet people are going to have to spend a little bit more time figuring out what that second promise is going to be. Sure. It, it's hard. But in the process of doing that, you're coming up with all kinds of other things, which maybe you're rejecting for the top three, but you're, you see what happens is you start generating ideas. Oh, I could do this to the product. I could add this. And you know that's when the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. All right. So number three, guess what? If you could only tell your prospect three things and those three things would get them to buy the product, what would the third thing be? And you can relax. This is the last time. Well, don't relax quite yet. Um, this is the third thing combined with the last two that will practically force your prospect to buy solely through their desire to have your product. And when you think about best-selling products, this is how it's done. No, not everyone has followed the same method I'm laying out for you here, but everyone who has an immensely popular product put in solid effort early to get the same information you now have, what your product must have and must do for your prospect, for your customer, to become a big winner. So here's an example of the three things that by themselves would get a prospect to buy. One, now you'll be able to write headlines that work quickly and easily. Two, you can double your sales from any ad without spending a penny more. Three, you can use these powerful headlines with confidence because each one comes from a tracked, tested, proven winner. Okay, number four. And number four comes after you've really done the mental work to answer the first four questions plus the first three questions, the big picture questions and the three drill down questions. What's your big promise to the prospect for the product? Now, one thing I want to say is getting the concept clear here is more important than getting the exact wording right. If you know what your big promise is, you can figure out how to say it later, but you want to just get your thinking on that right track. So you take everything you've discovered in the big four questions before in the first three today. If you need to put the answers on index cards and spread them out on a table and start brainstorming stuff, if you can come up with a compelling big promise that includes the most important strands, threads of what you've done so far, you've gone a long way to creating a winning product. So 17 years later, here's my big promise for killer headlines, which is now advertising headlines that make you rich. Finally, you can create a powerful headline to boost your sales in minutes. I think that's pretty good. Definitely one of the top three copywriting books, and especially when it comes to headlines. It just makes writing headlines easy. And it's not always that I have a problem coming up with a headline, but whenever I do, I just open the PDF or I open up the EPUB version of it and I just go through it and I'm like, oh, and then all of a sudden I'm bombarded with <laughs> ideas. I want to take a moment to point out how vitally important headlines are in copy. As you may already know, the strength of your headline accounts for up to 80 or even 90% of the effectiveness of your ad. Think about that. What if there were a way to shortcut the headline writing process and start a new headline based on a proven winner? Well, there is. It's all in my book called Advertising Headlines That Make You Rich. This book is available now on Amazon.com. Advertising Headlines That Make You Rich. 
What's unique about this book is it shows you exactly how to adapt a proven winner to your product or service because I show you 10 adaptations for each headline in different niches and explain the psychology of how to adapt a headline. Advertising headlines that make you rich in hard copy and Kindle formats on Amazon. Now, back to our show. So now we've got our big promise and the next step is number five, what's eating at this person? This person being your prospect. Originally, one individual who you had in question one in the big four, way back, who is my prospect? And this is very personal. At some point in the buying process, imagine a nagging doubt or a fear that this person will have about your product. Maybe they don't think that they're smart enough deep down inside to succeed with your product. Maybe they think it'll be too hard to use. Maybe they think it's not really for a person like who they are. So do everything you can to figure it out. You don't have to solve it. You just need to state it at this point. Write it down the way they would say it. And here's an example for killer headlines, advertising headlines that make you rich. I'm not very good at writing headlines, and I'm not sure your product will help. Okay? That's number five. Number six is how can you convince them to overcome their biggest fear and try your product? So close your eyes and imagine that they are ready to buy, but they're on the fence, but this one big doubt or fear is keeping them from saying yes. What's the best thing you can say about your product that will ease their worries and help them move forward with the purchase? And, you know, for the, um, for the, doubt and fear. I'm not very good at writing headlines. I'm not sure your product will help. We have, um, anyone can use these templates. It doesn't require skill, talent, or experience. All you need to do is add a few words to a proven headline template. Okay. So this is going to be a little bit conceptual, but since we're thinking we're, we're mixing the thought of the thought process of copywriting and the thought process of product creation, I want to take it a step further and invite people to understand that sometimes the copywriting and the marketing can be part of the product. For a lot of the stuff that I'm selling, before they make the purchase, I'm giving them little pieces that help make the product more accessible to them. So, so a lot of my pre-selling is stuff that could actually be part of the product, but it primes them to to buy the product. So, if I know they are a newbie business owner or they're thinking about starting a business. They've got an idea and I sell a product that helps them with their marketing and their sales copy, but they're thinking, oh, I don't want to waste money. I hear that 95% of businesses fail. Startups are a hard thing to do. Uh, I don't understand how to pick my target market, all of these different things. I create pre-products that are part of my marketing that help them get past those, help them realize, oh, I can, I do know how to start a successful business. I do know how to avoid the trap of being the 95 that fail. And it's something that could be part of the product, but instead I make it part of the marketing to help sell the product. So thinking not just about using copywriting to develop your product, but also thinking about how your products can be part of your marketing and your copywriting and realizing that in this mindset, 
you're able to kind of intertwine the two. So it's not just copywriting can help your product. It's also putting parts of your product into your marketing can help sell it as well. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And, you know, people do that a lot these days with funnels and um, lead magnets and and things like that, where they're they're giving away some content or they're including content as part of a sales letter. And if it's written from this knowledge that, that you develop in, in this process we've been going through today in, in the last podcast, it's going to move people closer to the sale. You know, a lot of people think sales, people who don't sell, think sales sort of works like this. All of a sudden, it's, it's like binary. It's like A, not sold, B, sold. But it's not. It's actually a process where you slowly move towards it. And, you know, there may be a crescendo where all of a sudden you got to have it, or there may be a, an objection where you're stopped. But what you want to do in your marketing leading up to this is give people reasons to buy, help them move forward towards the actual purchase. And yeah, so what you're saying is really good. Yeah. So just to clarify, when we were talking about the promise that you could make earlier, well, if the client refuses to, or if uh, you created the product already and there's no way to go back and change the product, but this one thing would help sell a lot more, maybe think about how can I make that part of my marketing? How can I, that one objection, how can I make that part of my marketing? And now all of a sudden they're primed to buy. Absolutely. That's, that's, yeah, it's a, it's a great point. And, and it, it really, it gets you out of the box when you realize you can use what you come up with, but understand it's not just copywriting. You know, it's, it's not just, you're going to say some stuff. You're actually going to give them a sample, give them something they can use, some knowledge, some information, a tool, a process in the marketing. Yeah, so it it blurs the traditional lines between copy and product, but that's okay. It, it, it'll actually help the customer and it'll certainly help you and your client. And that's kind of what this whole episode is about anyways. It It is, although it's not what I was thinking of at the time, but it, but it really is. You're absolutely right. All right, so I think we still have to do number seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, n- number seven. So the seventh detail you want to drill down on is what's your unique way of delivering this solution? And you could call this your mechanism. See if you can identify or create something new and different in the way that the product will work compared to other products. Yes, if you create a unique way the product will work, it will cause more work on your part when you're putting the product together. I mean, I want to be completely open about that. but once you pull this off, your potential for profit becomes almost unlimited. So here's the example for the unique way, the mechanism for killer headlines, and which became the book Advertising Headlines That Make You Rich. These headlines are based on proven winners and give you a quick, easy way to create the perfect headline for your copy in a matter of minutes. That sets it apart, I think. Okay, um, before I do a recap, any other thoughts? Uh, I, I want to dig on this one a little bit and just get your thoughts. Um, yeah. I can see that a, a unique way of delivering it might add some excitement to something. It might, especially if you're in a field where there's already people out there providing a similar solution, a new twist on it or a new 
you know, we're so used to getting this this way. And now there's this new and exciting way to get it. But also at the same time, I wonder about the flip side, which is, well, I'm so used to getting it this way. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to do something that I'm uncomfortable with. I guess, what are your thoughts on the cost and the benefit of of number seven, the unique way of delivering the solution? Yeah, a good point. And I guess my thoughts are don't go overboard. The old chestnut of familiar yet different. You don't want to make it, 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 it wasn't like, like if I had said, okay, now you, you need to go out to California's gold country with a divining rod. And when the rod finds a nugget of gold, that's when you know the headline will pop into your mind, right? Um, no, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's too weird. But, you know, it, I mean, the way people used to write headlines was they would hand copy other headlines, you know, for days at a time. And somehow that was supposed to magically make their right hand and their fingers better at writing headlines. And there, there is some uh, value to it because you start to understand the rhythm and the way the words go together. But um, this, is, this is a much easier way of just copying a headline out of a book and adding a couple of words. So in some ways it's similar, but, you know, it, it had a, a different mechanism and it also gave people some understanding of the context. So yeah, uh, don't, don't go overboard, but don't be too timid either. And just so people have a sneak preview for people that have not read the book yet, what you do in it is you basically say, here's, I don't even, I think there's 12 initial headlines and then there's a bunch of bonus headlines, but you're like, here's the headline. Here's why it worked. Here's why it worked. And here's three or four different variations of the same idea that can be used in a bunch of different industries. And then you just go through all these different attention, attention getting appeals from proven headlines. And then you give examples of how people can use them in totally different industries. And for me, at least, every time I go through it, my, uh, my brain just starts firing off and, and making all different kinds of connections because you, it feels like you start that process. You're like, here's the foundation. Here's three different connections you can make. And then by making those three different connections, my brain just starts making a bunch of different connections. and. Um, much better before before I found the book, I was a big fan of going to like swiped.co, I believe, mm -hmm. and just kind of like thumbing through them. Uh, I rarely go there anymore because whenever I am having trouble, I just go back to your book. And I know it's not, it's probably better to have like a three legged stool approach, but I, and your book just does it. Well, you know, that, that's the idea. I mean, so you, you pretty much described a lot better than I did in my example, the, the unique way of de delivering the solution. You, you, you know, a lot of other people have come up with templates, but I don't know of anyone who's come up with, I mean, it might be very hard for most other product creators to take one template and write 12 different um, variations that would actually work for 12 different niches. Um, headlines are something that are easier for me than most people. I think part of that is because I worked where the original headlines came from the newspaper industry. Now I was only on one newspaper for a year, but I worked in magazines for a long time. And so, and I worked on newspaper in college and I worked on newspaper in high school. And 
I went to Pontiac, Michigan when I was 14 to um, work on a student summer journalism camp. So I've been doing this a long time. It's kind of in my blood. It's probably like, I don't know, there's some things that you're natural at rapping or something. But anyway, it's like in my, not my DNA, but it's in, maybe it is in my DNA. I don't know of any. I think it is in your DNA. So <laughs> let's, before we're out of here, let's do a real quick recap on the lessons that you went over this week. Okay. So you want to go through these seven questions. What's one thing alone that would make them want to buy your product? I mean, the, the best, the strongest thing. Number two, if you could only mention two things and it had to work, what would the second one be? And what's the third thing if you could only mention three things? Number four, what's your big promise? And here, concept is more important than exact wording at this point. Eventually, you want to get to that, but that's a little down the road. Number five, what's eating at your prospect? Number six, how do you convince them to overcome their biggest fear? And number seven, what's your unique way of delivering the solution? Nice. So real quick before we're out of here, I'm especially with the first three or four of these, I'm reminded of the old infomercials with the knife where they're like, promise number one, it slices, it dices, it makes French fries in four different sizes. Promise number two, you can cut through a tin can and it still cuts through a tomato. Promise number three, you can run it through the dishwasher and it'll be fine. And number four, the big promise, the concept is this is this will be the last knife you ever have to buy. It, it sounds like you've memorized the man, I, knife infomercial. I used to love the I man, I loved that infomercial. Uh, anyways, this is this is time tested stuff, and uh, it works in infomercials. It works in, and I'm betting when they created these products, they probably went about it in a very similar method to what we went through, through today, which was how do we, how do we uh, use direct response marketing, direct response copywriting to create a product that will be easy to sell on an infomercial? I'm, I'm sure they did. I mean, you know, everyone has their own um, quirks and twists and turns and in, in the exact way they do it. But it's, it's the same mental process. It's, uh, you know, same basic focus. I mean, each hen lays an egg her own particular way, but they're all basically doing the same thing. Nice. All right, David, another fantastic episode. If people want to check out more, head on over to the Copywriters Podcast website, which is at copywriterspodcast.com. And anything else before we're out of here? Yeah, I've I've heard a rumor that you got a motorcycle for your birthday. Um, want to tell us about it? <laughs> uh, I did buy a motorcycle. I'm going through my midlife crisis. And if the show comes to a sudden stop, um, RIP to me for a motorcycle accident, but I'll do my best to drive safe out there. Oh, I'm sure you'll be okay. What kind of bike did you get? Uh, I got a Honda Shadow, and it's because I want to look like a tough guy biker when I'm riding down the road. So, uh, but it's, it's fun, man. I, I've always been a fan of bicycles and motorcycles and i've been having a blast the last couple of weeks okay so you know here's a psa to the motorists of colorado if you see a guy with mutant ninja turtle tattoos on his arm riding a honda shadow you'll know who it is <laughs> awesome david again a fantastic episode man and we will catch you next time cool catch you next time 
Hey, did you enjoy today's show? Want to help get it into the ears of more listeners? Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.